Welcome to El Police Radio. I'm your host, Alpha Mike, 2018. This is the year, like every year, that we come up with a list of things that are going to make us better, that we're going to excel to levels nobody can imagine, that we will be slimmer, faster, smarter, more educated, well-spoken. All the habits will be thrown away. I'll watch my language. I'll try not to act out. I will leave old vices and throw them away. That's the resolutions that everybody Worldwide, they make. But the question is, to be or not to be? And again, I can go into this Shakespearean poem, but the question is, to be or not to be? To be left or to be right? To be evil or to be good? To be corrupt or to be professional, to be stupid, or to be knowledgeable. You see, whether you're in law enforcement, thinking about going into law enforcement, or any other profession, you have to make decisions of what type of person you're going to be. Now, of course, you know, when you apply for law enforcement, you fill out the application, you move forward, you start telling yourself, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to serve my community. I will help those people that are defenseless. And you start to believe it. You go to the academy, you go all through the academy, chest out, chin up. They pin a badge on you. You rush out, and reality starts to ring. When you get there, with all your bravado, with all your resolutions, with all your grandeur, you look left, you look right, and what you see are a bunch of seasoned officers that are staring at you and basically ready to say, hey, kid, snap out of it. Just follow my lead, and you'll get through this. Yep, the decision 
to be or not to be. And on this segment, what we're going to explore on El Police Radio is going to be those things that you might need as part of your tool chest, your equipment to go through your career, decisions that you should start early and not later. And how are people going to judge me based on my decisions? Yep, El Police Radio, I welcome you on this new year. Your host, Alpha Mike. We are going to have a lot of shows this year, of course. You know, one every every Thursday. Every Thursday, boom, it pops up, and there's a new show. We have series. We will have interviews with people, subject matter experts in certain areas. But we will always challenge you to think about what we're talking about. There's no such thing about sitting back listening and saying, you know what, I didn't get anything of what he or they were talking about. And you'll be lost, lost in space. How do you connect with us? Before we start the show, let's go to some program notes. You go to lpoliceradio.com. Just like that, L, letter L, policeradio.com. Of course, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, you name it, you can find us through the podcast, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, all that stuff. We're there. All you got to do is look us up. And, of course, my co-host will be uh, with us in this 2018-year season. And we have basically um, navigated through some crisis. And I'm happy to report that uh, Leather Next 7, which is our other podcast, is uh, back up and running. And there's a lot of good shows coming on. Uh, one of them with uh, Medal of Valor winner, Dakota Myers. And I encourage everybody to get back, you know, get connected to Leather Next 7. There's a lot of interesting uh, stories, a lot of interesting podcast, uh, experiences that you cannot imagine on the Leatherneck 7 side of the broadcast. So I encourage you to listen. Listen and learn um, because it's so important, especially in these troubled times that we live. And of course, El Police Radio, again, the dynamic duo will be back and we will uh, have an array of uh, shows, 52 of them, God willing, this coming year. So that's a whole lot of material. Somebody said, hey, hey I saw your podcast and you don't have you know that many uh, followers on your Facebook. Podcast is not about followers. Podcast is about building a library, a library of wisdom and of material that people can go into that library and access the information that they so desperately might need. That's the purpose of a podcast. And so we keep on hacking away at it. Like I've said last year, and I'll continue saying, say my first rodeo did podcasting 2007-14. 
150 shows on some quirky little network, and now we're back at it uh, on on our own network and putting it all together. So stay tuned because it's going to be an interesting ride. I can assure you of that. And uh, we'll have a lot of people, a lot of controversies, a lot of fans. And uh, so we encourage you to take that journey with us. The question is today on this podcast, there'll be two of them, of course, to be or not to be. And I kind of took you in the beginning of this segment to two two things that happened. You heard the New York the New Year theme of All Lang Syne and to like bury the old, get rid of it. And you heard my introduction, being young, innocent, full of enthusiasm, chin up, chest out, ready to conquer the world in your new profession. Probably, the vast majority, not with too much experience and really don't don't even know what the world is. So how can you conquer something you don't know what it is? And off you go. The segment, we're going to explore how this generation of policing is more trained, more educated than past generations of policing. But are they better equipped? Are they ready to face what's coming at them? Or was the previous generation? Hmm. A lot of interesting questions for these, for this important segment. So we, um, we want you to come in and explore with us. You know, the first thing is the decision-making process as an applicant, when you basically sit back and you say, what agency should I join? Because you know that you can probably make it anywhere. You're that naive. And you start filling out applications. For some people, the first one to call is where I go. For some others, they strive for a specific agency and they want to do a specific task in that agency. They have a goal. I want to be a homicide detective, CSI, you know, all those stuff they saw when they were a kid on TV. And that's what they want to do now without really realizing what it is. But they're off on that journey. Now, as I said, better educated. But are they physically fit better? Maybe. They eat better, probably. But are they ready for the challenges? Are they ready for the challenge that the person that you're working with and you're side by side and you have to trust your life in their hands, but then you notice something that is troublesome? There was something that happened on a call that you're starting to scratch your head about. Or something written in a report that you kind of have to really think hard. Was that really done? I don't I don't recall. Or it's time to raise your right hand, repeat after me, 
swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God, I do. And then all of a sudden, you say, well, it doesn't sound that good, so I'm I'm going to change it up a little bit. But it's not a lie. I'm just kind of tweaking it, make it sound better. To be or not to be, there's a lot of things in today's policing and a lot of armament that people need. And one of the things that they, they need the most is their training. Because their training is the toolbox that they will carry with them throughout their journey. They will open up that toolbox and they will reach in there and pull out whatever they need. Imagine trying to hammer a nail, open up your toolbox, and there's no hammer. Hmm. Now what? Maybe a rock will do it. So you have to be equipped. Is basic training enough to equip you? In my estimation, no. Why? Because they call it basic. It's basic introduction. It's not advanced. It's basic. It's enough to carry you by. It's enough to put a badge on your chest. It's enough to get you your name on the lineup. But there's a whole lot more to go. A whole lot more experiences to face that training will not carry you through. That there was no training for that when I was in the academy. Now what? Oh, that's right. I forgot. My agency, they're smart. They've created general orders, policies, procedures. So if I didn't get it in training, I know I can see it in a policy, and that'll guide me through. Yep, so I'm set. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. But what if now there's that one situation that I don't think covers it in the policy. I mean, I don't recall that it's there because obviously I'm new. So since I'm new, I'm naive, and I actually believe that every policy is correct. There's no way it could not be correct because it was written by a wise individual that surely has done what I have done. Therefore, they must know. And if they went through that lived experience that I'm about to go through, everything must be in this booklet called a policy. But then again, what if? What if it's not? What covers me now? It's not in policy. This situation that occurred is nowhere near policy. You know, I'm not as young as when I first started. I've got some seniority under my belt now. Five years. I'm getting closer to the weekends off. And I know my way around. And as a result, I know how to deal with this situation. And I know now that these policies, some of them are vague. But what I'm a what I'm going through is not in policy, but I think something can cover me during this incident. What could it be? 
So I start acquiring, asking questions, doing research, speaking to veterans, because surely within all that vast knowledge of seniority that are within the ranks, they've dealt with mostly everything that I will at one point discover in my journey. So I'll learn from them. They'll mentor me and they'll teach me because now I have a little bit more time. I've got 10 years. I've got two to four hash marks on my uniform now. Of course, the chin continues to be up, not as much. The chest is just a little bit more deflated. There have been so many incidents, so many things that I had to discover, so many bumps in the road as I took this journey that now my chest is not as punched up as it was once was, but I continue going forward. And I search. I become knowledgeable. I go to school. I get a formal education. I look real good on paper. But will I look good during the incident? I've advanced. I've gone up in rank. I've changed positions. I'm in now what's called a specialty unit. You have to be a cut above to be in this unit, and I'm here. But I have seen a couple of items, things that have occurred that I never received in academy training, and I haven't seen in policy, because the policy, quite frankly, was very vague. And when I reached out for my superiors to kind of guide me through it, that response was vague. Some of those responses were, I'm not really sure what the answer is, but I'll get back to you. But I have to continue in this journey. I can't stop. So I continue. And I go forward. But now I've got 15 years. I'm not as enthusiastic as I first was. Because now, I've seen a lot of bitterness. I've seen a lot of evil supervisors. I've seen people in my agency that I have no idea how they got there and how they got the positions that they got and the, the rank that they have. And my gosh, these awful decisions they've made. Why would they do that? Could it be that they don't know what I'm... Go, what I go through every day? Now, they has to have some experience. They have to know what I do. So I continue believing, having faith, moving forward. I have my education. I have my basic training. I have in-service training that keeps me a little bit afloat, just above sea level. I continue moving forward. There are policies that are vague. I, I look at them, I search through them, and I look for an answer. I ask my superiors, I push my superiors if they don't know. I desperately, desperately need 
the answer to these questions so I can continue going. I'm older now. My kids are growing. I've got to go to dance rehearsals, soccer practice, baseball games. And it's a little bit more difficult on my career, but I still stay focused because I'm going to take another hurdle. And I'm going to go up in position because I'm focus-driven. And I still see the light that I first saw when I started in the academy. Although that light now is a little dimmer. Not as bright, but I can still see it from afar. So I concentrate a little bit harder now. A little bit more focused. I'm wiser. I have my do and do not list. Things that you don't want to do. I have a real good handle on who's who in the agency. Who to avoid. Who to go to. And who you wish you never met. But now I'm getting closer to the end. I'm Tipping on 20 years. I remember I was so young. Boy, could I run. Could I lift. So energetic. I mean, every time they said, who wants to work overtime? My hand went up. Boy, was I so enthusiastic about my new career. But now, through this journey of 20 years, I've noticed... It hasn't all been roses. It has very, very many disappointments. There were so, so many sad parts of this journey. So many good people that started with me, just as ambitious as I was. But they made one mistake. Or the bad guy was just a little faster than they were. Now they're not here anymore. We keep a memorial of them at the station so we can remember them, the good people that they are. And I often wonder what will happen in the future when the new guy comes in and nobody in the agency knows who the guy on the wall is. Will that memory be faded? <laughs> Surely. His photo's up there. You can read what happened. There's no way that memory can fade. Everybody said during my career, we'll never forget. How can they forget now? But now it's time for me to make decisions. I've got a lot of gray now. A few extra pounds. Boy, am I tired. When I wake up in the morning, I sound like Cracker Jacks. Pop here, crack there. And it's getting harder and harder to get up to put on the uniform, and to go to work. Boy, am I 
as sarcastic as can be. I look at these supervisors and I go, my gosh. They weren't even born when I started here. Now they're telling me what to do. But I keep on going. Continuing in this journey. Because I believed in what I signed up for. I've done good. I've done things that I wish I I hadn't done. I've done things that, quite frankly, I'm embarrassed. I might not regret most of those decisions because in my view at the time, they had to be done. Sure, today's standard would have judged me differently. People will have accused me of all kinds of things. But they were done. We move quickly. We move fast, accurately, with a position of strength. We had to overcome the subject because he was the threat. And the level of threat was high, I think. But it didn't matter because I was covered by something. Must have been covered by the training. That's right. My training covered all my actions. I could always sit back and fall back on that training and say, the training, surely the training showed me how to do this. This is why I'm doing it this way. Might not be too happy with the outcome, but it was my training. Or it must have been how vague those policies were. But wait a minute. It's been so many years now. 30 years. Obviously, I've seen everything, or have I? But back then, when I first started, we didn't do it that way. We knew which way. We knew how to do everything. We knew how to handle everything. What are you people doing? How lost can you be? Gosh, I can't wait to leave. And I continue moving forward. And as I advanced in my seniority, and my age, my strength was weaker now, my speed slower, my thought process sometimes took a while to kick in, and my memory came in and out. But I still had the wisdom that a lot of others didn't have. See, I realized one thing. After all these years, I figured out that if I came upon a policy that was so vague, I was covered based on my training. And if my training didn't cover it, my skill set of my lived experience, because I 
lived something similar in my career. And this is how I handled it. So I became more and more wise to how to handle this social experiment that we call constitutional government. I learned how to follow the rules. There were times that they were bent, but never broken, but they were bent, almost to the point of breaking. And I learned that I had a role in all of this. I finally came to the decision that I say, it's time for me to leave. You see, I had a great career. I did many, many things. I got many awards for. A lot of people liked the services that I rendered as an officer, a sergeant, a lieutenant, a captain. And now it's time for me to move on. I just don't have that same step anymore, the same enthusiasm. It's almost not there. It's been so difficult for so many years to put on the uniform and go to work. My back is killing me. Carrying all that equipment around for all those years. And God knows the rest of me is aching. And there's so much pain from so much hurt that I've seen during all those years of wisdom. But I continue looking at that very, very, very dim light all the way at the end of the tunnel now. I can barely see it. That light that looked as big as a huge flame when I started, it's just barely visible now. And I look on the newer generation and I go, I wish you all the best. And hopefully your ride and your journey is easier than the one I had. That you become faster, stronger, smarter, more knowledgeable, and better equipped than I ever was. Because there's no stopping this. Policing will continue, whether on the streets or in the corridors of a jail. So with or without me, I have finally realized that it will continue. So I'm ready to give up my position, move forward, and find a new chapter. Oh, I have an encyclopedia of wisdom. If only they wanted some advice. I could be there. I, I could show them how we used to do it. it. It was manual. It wasn't, you know, with buttons and all that. But we used to do it that way. And it worked. If somebody wants to hear about it, I could tell them.
surely they need to know. They're not going to put me on, on a shelf like an old antique. Or will they? You know, I often think about when I first started over 40 years ago, those young people that they were naive like I was starting in the academy. And then we graduated. God, was I proud. Chin up, chest out. And I was ready to conquer the world. And I remember it like if it was yesterday. I looked left, I looked right, and those seniors that had 20, 25, 30, 35, and 40 years looked at me and said, snap out of it. Whatever happened to them? Yep, it continues. It's a never-ending cycle. There's battles that you win. There's battles that you lose. But at the end of the day, every law enforcement agency in this country has to, must, shall win the war. Yep, sure have to. Folks, this is the introduction to to be or not to be. You know, recently I had the opportunity to look at a documentary and it was Let It Fall is the name of the documentary from the Los Angeles Police Department. And it's a look of between the years of um, the 80s into the mid-90s and it talks about the riots in Los Angeles and a bunch of events that occurred prior to that and how all of a sudden law enforcement wasn't really catching up to the community. See, the community was changing, but law enforcement still had patent leather shoes on. The community now was a different ethnic group, but law enforcement was still wearing hats in, on patrol. The community, not everybody spoke English, but we still had our shiny little pins on our uniforms. And then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. And we find ourselves in this documentary, LAPD's drowning. Drowning. And we'll get into the documentary in our second segment. But it showed an outdated system into a violent new society. The outdated system had the commissioner or the chief of police was appointed by a commission 
that according to the rules at that time served for life, like a Supreme Court justice for life. Could you imagine that? Chief of police, 90 years old, responding to scenes. This was on the books. This was something that they were doing. That chief was Daryl Gates. And I'm not here to bash his memory or his agency, the Los Angeles Police Department. But I'm here to learn from that history. One of the things I see in that documentary that they weren't catching up to certain times. I can only imagine there was a lot of people in uniform, in rank, that were going up in rank that had lost vision. Lost vision. You see, the citizens that they were policing started to become suspects, not necessarily citizens. Everybody was a problem child at one point or another. There was probably people in the higher ranks that, what's all this business about training and going here and going there? When I started, there was a time warp. There were certain individuals that were not prepared for those riots. It's even well stated in the documentary. Retired command staff saying that when the riot broke out unexpectedly, of course, there wasn't a memo, there wasn't a we're having a riot today at 6, please be ready, that they didn't have their equipment. Their equipment was locked up in storage at the academy. Didn't do them any good. They needed it on point. They were ill-prepared for what was to come. They were ill-prepared in dealing with the community at different levels. They were ill-prepared. They were bitter. They were angry. Was a lot of that anger because of their agency, because of their city, or because of the community? But something surely made them bitter and angry that they lost focus, that they didn't have the equipment. There wasn't the proper training to respond to those incidents. It was all done kind of half-ass. Large department like LAPD. There are probably people out there who say, no, 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 that's you got it wrong. That didn't happen that way. Well, I don't know if it happened that way. I can only tell you how history is indicating how it happened. We have half the city burned. The chief of police comes out and says, ah, look, you know, this is, it's not as bad as uh, 1967. You know, I went, this ain't my first rodeo. We had another uh, riot earlier, so, you know, I'm well versed in all this stuff. And you had hot pockets popping up left and right. You had citizens that had to take arms to defend themselves. There was a police state that was missing. 
the incident started with the police getting an order to back down, stand back. I'm not here to say whether that order was good or bad. I saw the documentary. Inside of me, it was a difficult order to even think about. But on the tactical side, there was no equipment. There was no plan. There was nothing to go by. They responded to command post that they had positioned in certain areas, certain divisions, and the electricity, or, or better said, the telephone lines weren't working, and the cell phone towers were overwhelmed, so they went out. They had multiple vehicles in these command centers, but the keys were somewhere else. Nobody knew where the keys were. Friends, that's an ill-prepared organization. Today, because of Homeland Security and what happened on September 11th, agencies are more prepared. But sadly enough, if that event never would have happened, agencies would have been just opening up for business every day and half-assing it. So we were thrown now into a new direction. And that push and that shove was so fierce. Boy, I stumbled when I got pushed. And now I have to be ready for what's coming. Folks, if you like what you hear, I encourage you to listen. Sign up in the ranks at lpoliceradio.com. We will continue to look at this subject to be or not to be in our second half and our final segment. We're going to look at some of those errors that I talked about. We're going to look at maybe the possibility of your department having holes in it. And we're going to look at your role and how you could be prepared, even if your agency isn't. And that's on the the next to be or not to be. I encourage you to continue listening. Uh, don't forget our brother podcast, L, uh, L7, which is leathernext7.com. And we have a lot of shows coming up. I encourage you to, to encourage others. Bring them on board. Listen to these two po- podcasts. There's a lot to learn from the experience that is being spit out into these microphones. So we encourage you to listen. Folks, it's time to have, as we have in every podcast, the conversation. this podcast, we always have the conversation at the end of our segments, and we spoke about specifically today being young, energetic, full of life, wanting to conquer everything, only to learn that we're ill-prepared, that what we thought we could conquer on our own, we learned there was so much to do, so much to learn so little time to do it in. 
my friends, we cannot repeat the same mistake now being ill-prepared in our walk with Christ. You see, just like LAPD did not have a memo telling them today at 6 there will be an all-out riot burning half the city, when that time of need comes, there's not going to be any advance warning. You have to be trained up. How can you be trained up? Picking up that book called the Bible. Reading it. Understanding it. But see, the only way to understand what's in that book, because if you're not prepared, it's gibberish. Imagine coming off the street, being a civilian, and picking up a tactical policy and trying to understand it and say, what the hell is this? It's gibberish. You have to be trained up. So, although you can read the Bible, can you understand it? The best way to understand those words in that scripture is to have an encounter with the living God. You see, when you have that encounter, and you've acknowledged that you are a sinner, that we all are, including me, that we repent of these sins, that we ask for the cleansingness of Jesus' blood, and we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that we start to have a relationship with that God called Jesus. And every one of those books, totaling 66 in that Bible, Every word, every verse, every sentence, every paragraph, and every chapter. He will guide you. He will explain to you. He will mentor you. And he will carry you through every situation in your life. And he will use that book as a comparison to how you got where you are and where you're going. Folks, let that experience start today. Get trained up, get ready, be prepared, because you don't know what tomorrow brings. Scripture tells us tomorrow has its own problems. If you've enjoyed it, we encourage you to keep on listening, lpoliceradio.com. That's our address. It's been my pleasure. Don't forget our next podcast, To Be or Not To Be. Continue looking up and fired up. I'm out.